You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hog of Liberty podcast on the We Are Libertarians Network. I'm your host, Jeremiah Morrill, and as always, I'm joined by our co-host, Dakota Davis. Hey, how's it going, Jeremiah? Episode 59. 59. One more till 60. Somebody called the cops on us. Do we have a plan for 60 yet? Yeah, I think we do. It could be Maybe. one of two things. It's okay. either going to be a secret episode we have planned for Saturday that we yep. aren't announcing, nope. or it's going to be the racing night show. It's one of those I'm, two. I'm hoping for Saturday. Yeah, I am too. If not, what the hell's any of this for? I don't know. So anyway, our show is about our lives in rural Indiana. It's a show about folks who are involved in politics. Sure. Uh, we <laughs> promise that our episodes are going to be a fun and an easy listen. We interview people who are influencers, elected officials, political experts, and folks we just find interesting. That's the, that's the catch-all where we can have anybody on the show we want to because it's our show and we just have fun with it. That's correct. So we have uh, on my right Mrs. Brandy Pierce, who is a uh, police officer for Henry County, Indiana, Newcastle, Indiana, I guess. You're a city police officer. Yes. And uh, our canine officer. Yes. yes. I'm temporarily without a dog, but yes, so I am a canine officer. We'll get into that in a minute. And then on the other side of the room, we have Mr. Matt Pierce, same name, now related, I guess. Uh, and he's a detective with the Henry County Sheriff's Department. That's correct. And you're also, we'll get the Darren Jacobs references out of the way. I understand you're, you're Darren Jacobs' personal police officer because you're in charge of in, <laughs> enforcing all of his codes in Spiceland, Indiana, and you are the patrol dude for Spiceland. Yep. Ten hours a week. I'm in Spiceland. Ten hours a week. Ten hours. Exactly what hours do we know we can't break the law in Spiceland? Well, that's the thing. It's up to me. <laughs> <laughs> How so many? They so don't even want to know. I mean, it's Thursday. Have you already done your ten hours? Are we safe between now and the re- end of the week? I would say after this show, you should be careful. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, no. All right. There's that one stop sign in front of the <laughs> church that we go to. We go to the Friends Church in Spiceland. Right across from the old school? Yep. And uh, there's that stop sign right there on uh, on Main Street or whatever. And I've always said that if I was going to steal a stop sign, that would be the one because I hate it so much. <laughs> I, I don't hate that stop sign as much as I do as the one that's on the uh, south side of Greensboro. That my brother got uh, got written up for uh, a couple months ago, and I heard it went away nicely. But uh, yeah, the stupidest stop sign in the entire county is the one on the south side of Greensboro. I the first time I went through there, I, I mean, patrolling for years, I drove right through it. <laughs> I looked back and I was like, in Spiceland or Greensboro? No, Greensboro, because yeah. it, it was like overnight. It just popped up. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's in front it of is... nothing. It's like an old school that's a house well, and somebody a, put, apartments. Yeah, and somebody put a stop sign in yep. there. I've I've blown through that in my work truck so many times. <laughs> Like, just going through there, because we have a substation back there, and I'll just blow right through it and be like, well, hopefully someone doesn't call the number on the back of the truck. <laughs> that's what people tune into the show for, is uh, small town stop stop sign talk. <laughs> that, yep. yeah, that's correct. All right. So what what are we what are we talking about tonight, Dakota? We've got uh, our, There's a our, whole big list weekend, of our big weekend recap. Yep. Did we hang out this weekend? Uh, 
we hung out during the week. We did. Yeah, we didn't see each other. I was no. like, it was a hostage situation for me this week. It was Mother's mm-hmm. Day, and I was, uh, I had a wedding I attended, and yeah, I didn't get back to town until till real late. But we did hang out this week, I guess. We did. I had dinner at your house last night. I cooked. I've been I've been all by myself, and struggling for the entire week. I've. You can I, only have Easy Mac so many days in a row. Yeah. I moved out of my parents' house when I was 18 and was very self-sufficient until November of last year when I got married. And it seems like in that short, just a few months there, I totally forgot how to live on my own. <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to forgetting how to live on my own here in a couple of months. Until your wife leaves for a week and you're starving. Uh, yep. That's, uh, that's what I was like. Matt and Brandy. Like, There's no food in this house. And she... <laughs> She just bought groceries, but there's no food. It's been a struggle for me. And uh, trying to, like, remember how to do laundry, that that was a tough one as well. It was, I've been really struggling. So what I've learned about your laundry cycle, Dakota, is that you really don't do it unless you absolutely have to anyway. Correct. Your Boss Hog Liberty polo shirt, you revealed that after Chase wore it was the very first time you actually washed that shirt. Yep. And you've had it for three months. Because I've only, well... It's not like I wear it all the time. I, w- I wear it. I wear it like out to meetings. So I've worn it like five times, and it's only been for like half an hour or so at a time. I always have a, a t-shirt on underneath it. I'm like, there's no reason to wash this. This is perfectly fine. It smells okay. Um, That's how I spent my college years. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> Dakota's, pick it up and... Dakota's living his college years, but I guess a, yeah. I sweat a lot more than you do. Uh, you you sweat too, though. I, that's just yeah. disgusting. I can't even try to defend it. It's horrible. I've always I you don't wear a t shirt underneath yours. No, not normally. Because no, that's hot. I have to. I always wear a shirt underneath. Yep. yep. Oh. If you don't wear a t shirt underneath, then you're gonna get sweat on it and then you have to wash it. Red that's an, how that process impact. works. But then if you wear a t shirt, it's twice as hot. Help me out, Brandy. <laughs> I don't have a t shirt under mine, I wash it every time. Yeah, exactly. That's the right that's the right. Do you answer. wash yours every time? I do, but I wear a t shirt too, so it's uh, weird like that. <laughs> yeah. Dang it. I mean, like, I, I thought that you were going to be on my side on this one, just like you were on our side for the, the stop sign in I, Greensboro. That, that's just a bad stop sign. <laughs> but well, maybe someday. Still, still polo walking. Maybe someday all somebody right, like Jesse right. Riddle, county councilman over there, can get it taken care of. <laughs> so uh, you've been on your own. Yep. You and the dogs. Yep. And you been me and the dogs. You had a startling post on Facebook that yep. I think upset the entire town almost as much as the turkey dying. Yeah, I don't think that I've had that ver- that many likes and comments on a Facebook post for a long time because Daisy, we were outside. I was playing with the dogs. Daisy's your German Shepherd. Daisy is the German Shepherd, my 90-pound German Shepherd, and she's outside. She never digs. Hank, the Australian Shepherd, he will dig in the yard. He's uh, the classic stereotypical, I'm going to dig and bury something and then forget where I buried it. That's him. But Daisy, no, that's never been her M.O., so she, she's outside. I see her digging in the yard, and I'm like, what in the world is going on? I go out there. I look inside, and there's a, an old doll head, just the head. It looked like the face off the CPR doll that, yeah, the, yeah. that, that was cut off by that Dwight Schrute the, in the office. The, yeah, <laughs> it, it looked like that in the, in the dirt. Yeah, that's, what, that's exactly what it looked like, and I was immediately taken aback. There was an audible gasp, I think, and – Look down. It's, I'm like, so I pick it up. This is creepy, is what I'm thinking. I picked it up. The eyes fell out. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, so the eyes fall out of it. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to 
I'm not going to do anything with this right now. I'm just going to I'm just going to put it back in the hole, and we're going to forget all about that this ever happened. Going to rebury yeah, it. I'm going to rebury the doll head. Well, I put down the hole. Daisy immediately picks it up and just chews it up and spits it all out. So she knew that there was a bad omen attached to it. I think gone forever now. Yep. You're better than me. I would have buried it. Come in the house and moved. <laughs> I'm out for sale. Put it in the for sale sign. Yep. So this isn't the first time that one of my dogs has has dug up something like that in my yard. Um, Dodger, the German Shepherd mix that I had that had epilepsy, um, he dug up a a St. John statue in the backyard. And Catholic people will bury St. John to try to sell their house quickly. He found that one time. So, Yeah, very interesting. I don't know. Oh, what else is in your backyard? Yeah. Uh, who knows? There's one time that they were digging out there and they found a like half of a baby pool that w- had been buried in the backyard. So that was maybe we know Jimmy Hoffa is that. Yeah, the more we know. <laughs> That's right. Well, my uh, I, I thought for a minute I had nothing good that happened this weekend, but I did have a bit of an incident. You did. On, I, uh, I I want to know what this is about because you told me to write down Jeremiah had a run in with the parking people on Mother's Day. So Mother's Day, my uh, my mom won. We play in the uh, or go to Rushville for their St. Patrick's Day party uh, every year, and my mom won four baseball tickets behind home plate for the Indianapolis Indians. So it was Mother's Day, so she took her kids. And uh, mom's an expert negotiator, so there were some additional tickets that were purchased, and she got <laughs> the entire family to get to sit behind uh, behind home plate. So we had like eight of us. So if you watch the Indians wow. game on Sunday, we were all sitting there in the, in the you know directly behind the pitcher. Indians uh, games are a lot of fun. It was a great time. Uh, but I parked in the uh, in the um, the government garage, right? It's right just across from the Marriott Hotel that we stayed at. That's the, the name the of the government. It? Yeah, it's the government, government center garage. Okay, is yeah. it the above, above the, ground the or below ground? The okay. above ground one. Yeah, it sits like at uh, Missouri and Washington Street or something. Uh, there's two sides to it, two entrances off of that little north south street. So I entered through the north side of it, and they give me a little card, and it said ten dollars to park here, but they gave me a card. My parents, when they entered, they entered through the south side, and they paid $10 cash. And I was like, that's weird. Why would they charge me $10 or you know, say that it's 10 bucks, but not take the money up front? And then my parents, they paid 10 bucks and they were good to go. So I was like, all right. Well, I'm gonna, I parked the car, and I waited on them for a little while. And I walked downstairs to make sure that I was going to be fine. So I verified with the, uh, the attendant. Uh, he's like, oh, yeah, just you know, pay, pay when you leave. It's 10 bucks, not a problem. Okay, great. Go to the baseball game. We leave the baseball game. Mom and dad leave in their vehicle. I go to mine. I get out, and I can't find my card. I'm like, oh, not a big deal. I'll just go downstairs. I'm here for the baseball game. I pull out two $5 bills, and I walk. They don't have, like, a, a guy manning the exit, so there's, like, a machine. Yeah, a the, kiosk. A kiosk, yeah. yes. But there is a, a, a fellow that's, like, in, the, in a little room kind of in between the two garage spaces. So I knock on the door, and he has to get up out of his chair and comes Very over. aggressive. Uh, yeah, I wanted to get his attention. So I knocked on the door, and he comes over with his whistle and his vest. And he's like, well, do you have your ticket? And I was like, no, I, I don't have my ticket handy, but here's here's 10 bucks. Can can I give you this, and you can leave? And he's like, it's 25 for a lost ticket. And I'm like, what? I'm here for the baseball game. I just want to pay you my money and go. He's like, it's 25 for a lost ticket. And I said, I have $10. Well, that was a tone, and then it turned into a whole thing of, are you telling me what you're going to do? Well, I mean, I have $10, and it's $10 to park here. Can you please take my 10 bucks and let me go? Well, it's 25 for a lost ticket. So we had this conversation for a while, and I'm like, well, I'm standing here until you take my $10. Did you get tased? 
And he says, I want the story to end with He you tells me, <laughs> I'm calling the Capitol Police. So now, now, oh now I've been threatened that the Indiana State Capitol Police are coming after me. I'm like, this is the stupidest thing ever. Just take my $10. And he's like, well, it's 25 for a lost ticket. I said, your system is stupid, man, because I can walk over to the machine that's 40 feet from us, push the button, and it'll give me another ticket and be here for less than half an hour, and it's $11. And he just looks at me and says, I'm going to call the Capitol Police. <laughs> Killing me. That, um, that's the government parking garage. Yeah. So I finally went back to my vehicle, and uh, I looked around for a while until I found my ticket because I was inconvenienced. Because I'd, I'd taken the ticket with me to go pay the guy at the gate or whatever the first time, and then I had stuck it in one of 47 compartments in my wallet. And I wasn't all that worried about it because I was just going to give that 10 bucks and get out. But uh, instead, it nearly led to my arrest <laughs> and imprisonment for parking <laughs> violations. I love so that. I probably will not park in any garages that require me to have a card again. So it was difficult. I we, was uh, we were there the Sunday before yeah. Indians game. We sat right behind uh, section remember, like one twelve. We were right behind home plate row, but we parked in the underground with ten bucks. Yeah, you were at the, the Idle Jordan at, or yeah, yeah, the they, State Museum garage. Yeah, they take it as soon as you go in, ten bucks. Yeah. And that's fine. I, I probably will do that next time. We just, it was the recommended parking for the you know mom and dad were going to park there, so I parked there, and it was real easy. And simple. what's the most parking could be? Up twenty five dollars is a lost ticket charge. So, so basically, so, if you they, for, so basically, if they say you lose it. You're paying the maximum amount. To get yeah, it. yeah. Okay. You're just paying the the twenty five bucks. That's kind of salty. Yeah, for a three hour minor league baseball game. Because I'm like, who's going to game this system? Like, who's showing up? I, I, I see. I would have before I got to the guy. I would have hit the button and brought a ticket with me and be like, it's eleven dollars. Sorry, I got to pay extra bucks to get me out of here. Yeah. Uh, it was. Yeah, you only parked for thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really I'm, fast, I'm done with this place. I hate it. <laughs> I was so I was so agitated. And then we went from there to another place. We there was a street festival going on. My, my mom and dad. It was his Mother's Day, so we went down to uh, Fountain Square and uh, could barely find parking down there for a thing. Got to the restaurant that we were going to go to and it was closed. So then we went to Broad Ripple, not Broad Ripple, Mass Ave. So we went from the southeast side to the northeast side. And uh, there was no street parking there either, so that was another ten dollars in the parking lot. Mass Avenue is horrible anymore. I I hate it there. Yeah, it's not like it was in the nineties when you were an infant. Well, like even whenever <laughs> I had just got my, whenever I had just got my driver's license, it wasn't that bad. I used to, uh, my friend Sam and I used to go up there and eat eat at Yats and go to the Egyptian room occasionally, and we can we could always park. And and now it's just insane. It's a whole thing. So yeah, that was my. Uh, that was my weekend story. So now that we've spent 10 minutes talking about parking. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not what do you want to talk about now? I think that we, we skipped over a very important part, the very first thing on this, and that is saying thank you to the people who donate to us on Patreon. We do need to do that. Yeah, we're like, a, we are, it's getting close, people. We're almost there to a studio. We're, we're getting close. We still need those donations. But the thing is, as we we got to talking about this and really thought about it, and it was like, right now we're using the Patreon money to help. You know, but we bought the board, we bought the the H six and and all this new equipment. Well, there's other things that we need to buy, and it was like after we have the studio and all the money's going to the studio, what are we gonna, we're gonna buy be, the equipment? We're with? gonna be cash trapped, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll be relying. Solely on Redbubble. So, yeah, you can go to redbubble.com, and you've got uh, all of the uh, the T-shirts and merchandise that you designed sitting there for us. 
How do I find our, our, our Patreon list? Do you have it listed somewhere? All of the people we're supposed to thank? Uh, it's on the it's on the website. I'm, I mean, it's 16 people, man. We're going to be... <laughs> going to rattle them off all day. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll give a special thank you to Brant Spicer and uh, and Christy Avery. And it's a happy birthday to Brant, by the way. Today yeah, is that's his right. Birthday. Happy so birthday, Brant. You get a special happy birthday today, Brantley. <laughs> all right. So, this week, this... Uh, we we planned this episode. We we invited you guys on quite some time ago, and whenever you reached out, did you think about it being National Police Week this week? Yeah, I totally was, remember. Was that, that on purpose? I totally <laughs> totally planned that. I didn't know that. I I was driving for work, and I I went through uh, Greens Fork, and their town building had National Police Week. Um, thank you, LEOs. And I was like, I was like, what Who, a who's coincidence? Leo? Who's Leo? Yeah. Who's Leo? Why is he the only cop getting a thank you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that I was like, this is perfect. I I cannot believe that we, that this just worked out so well. So, did you guys know it's National Law Enforcement Officer Week? Of course, or is it a big thing? <laughs> it is. It's, it's, there, it's really big. Yeah. Do you guys have cake and donuts and stuff and celebrations? Most of the stuff goes on in Washington D.C. Yeah, I mean locally, we just support that because it's it's a time that they put the names of the fallen officers on the wall. Okay. Yeah, so that there's a I, I looked it up. There's a website, policeweek.org, where they where they explain everything. Started by JFK in May of 1962. Um, there was a, a fallen uh, officers memorial day on May 15th, and uh, then he just decided, you know what, let's make it a week. And there's all kinds of things going on in Washington D.C. It's like uh, 25 to 40 thousand police officers will go up to will go up to Washington D.C. every year. It's a pretty big deal. That's a really big deal out there. It's a it's a bad time to be a criminal in Washington D.C. this week. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is there, there's no criminals in Washington D.C. Is there? Just in Congress. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. All right. So that's kind of cool. That was that was good timing. Yeah. So Brandy is here with us, and you uh, you were in the news last year uh, yes. for a thing. Yes, I was. And uh, you had you had your canine uh, with you, mm-hmm. and then. Last was it last month or is it was it this month that you lost it was this month. you lost you lost yes, Lex earlier this second. month okay so I guess you, you've been a canine officer as long as I've well, not as long as I've known you because we grew up together but as long as I can remember I can't remember my teenage 15 years. years fifteen years you've been a Newcastle Police Canine Officer mm-hmm. you've had two dogs in that time yep all right so this was not an expected loss where you had you had was it Max was your first dog yes and then you had a little bit of time where you had to raise money and you you wound up getting Lex. Yeah. And then Lex served, was it six years you had mm-hmm. Lex with you? Um, so I guess talk about what happened last year and his involvement with you and what happened and then where we're at today. On September 24th of last year, about 4 a.m., we responded to a call of um, a suspicious subject possibly breaking into cars, called in by a passerby who gave us a description. I happened to be very close to the area and responded. Um, they gave a Clothing description, he was on a bicycle, and as I'm pulling into the area, I see matching guy on a bicycle. Um, he fled. I was in my vehicle. He was on a bicycle, and he fled, lost sight of him, called it out to the other officers, spotted him, but he flees. Um, we end up relocating him, <clears throat> and was I was able to get close enough to him that I have a on my vehicle, it's equipped with a remote door pop. I wear it uh, usually on my shoulder. I can tap it, and it pops the Re- door. Releases the dog. Yeah, and, wow, and Lex kinda, can bail that's out. That's really cool. That way, if um, 
I'm running or away from the car, we can still deploy the dog without having to go back to the vehicle. And so as fast as I can put it in park, I can bail him out. And he bailed. um, The guy was still on his bicycle fleeing, and Lex chased him down, and they went around a corner. And I'm not near as fast as Lex or a bicycle. And when I rounded the corner, um, Lex was in the process of apprehending and taking the suspect off of the bicycle. And there was a fight between the two of them in the alley. And was giving multiple commands, you know, show your hands, stop fighting the dog. At one point, Lex came off of, he had taken the subject off the bicycle by his left bicep. And he came off of that bite. At the time, we didn't know why. He had basically ripped loose. Um, He has been taught that if I or another officer are close and he's on an arm bite, he is to go away from us because Usually what that does, it frees up the arms so the suspect can be handcuffed, which enables us to take the dog off safely and quickly. And also the dog is not near another officer to bite the officer. And so he went towards the legs because I was right up there and take him into custody. And as he was still digging in his pockets, you know, giving command, show your hands, show your hands, stop fighting the dog. And as I see... His hand's coming up as Lex bites on his lower leg, and out of pain compliance, he jerks his hand down just a second, and I realize he has a gun in his hand. And so I'm yelling more commands, and that split second that um, where Lex bit bought me enough time, was able to get to my firearm and engage the suspect until he was no longer a threat. Um, there was a, a gunfight between the two of us. And at that time, there was um, a second officer who was a rookie. He had about six months on, hadn't even been to the police academy, and he's running into a gunfight. And um, I thought he shot me. I thought I felt the impact in my upper left shoulder. Um, but at that point, I don't know how many – I had no recollection of how many shots the guy had fired. I thought I had been hit, but I I don't feel like I've been hit. <clears throat> and we secured the gun, secured the suspect, um, took the dog off. Um, that officer and a third officer who arrived on scene began rendering aid. And I was adamant that the the rookie officer get checked because I was afraid he had gotten shot and wasn't aware of it in the adrenaline. Yeah. And in the meantime, yeah, that has to be insane. At this point, I've taken the dog off. I'm checking the dog because I thought for sure um, I had shot my own dog because at that point you can't sacrifice an officer over the dog. Right. But he doesn't seem to be hurt. And I keep – I'm checking myself. Once I know the rookie officer is okay, I start checking myself. thought he shot me, but I'm not sure. And I tell my guys, I think he shot me. Okay. But I'm – they don't think much of it because I'm okay. I seem okay. Right. I've taken control of the dog. And, <clears throat> and I thought he shot me up here, but I can't find anything. And then I realized my chest was kind of burning. And at one point, I think, I can't find anything. Am I having a heart attack? I don't think so. <laughs> I felt almost silly because I don't want to say I got shot and I didn't get shot. And um, as it turned out, I probably felt it up here because I jerked. I had some pretty good whiplash for a couple of days afterwards. But I was, you know, kind of patting myself and I realized my finger fell into a hole almost dead center. And I wow. said, is that a hole on my shirt? Dang. And Officer Hughes that was with me said, yeah, you've got a hole. And he turns back because, you know, they're rendering aid, and then he jumps up. Oh, my gosh, you've been shot. Yeah, 
okay, I really have. I'm not making this up at this point. <laughs> it it was so much so fast, and from the adrenaline, you know, your body's still yeah. processing everything. And as it turned out, um, I was wearing a Safari Land vest, and it was a um, Glock. It was a 45 caliber, dead center mass at point blank range, and my vest stopped it completely. Wow. Um, it did not penetrate the vest. I could feel after a couple seconds, I felt, I said, oh, it's okay. I can feel the round. It could not have penetrated. It's, you know, I've got to be okay. So they were able to continue rendering aid. We checked Lex, um, took him back to the car and checked him over again. Um, went up, helped him secure the scene. The medics came and, of course, were rendering aid to him and then checked me. I ended up going to the hospital and having an x-ray to make sure there was um, no cracked rib, no bruising around my heart. That apparently was the big concern. Um, <clears throat> but the vest stopped it completely. And Safari Land has a program called the S- Saves Program. And they have a vetting program and they make sure it's legit. Like apparently people do actually make this up. They double checked everything, your serial number and all that. And of course, mine came back. Um, of course, it was a save. And Do they, um, do they provide you with a replacement <coughs> vest? Yes. <laughs> It's kind of a lengthy process to get your vest replaced, like when they expire and stuff. Yeah. But when you get shot, they replace it very quickly. Um, they send a guy to the department. Um, typically, your department picks what vests they're paying for, and that's what you get. You, right. You don't have a lot of options. But when you get shot in it, they bring a guy. There's a he brings a bag of stuff. You get to choose <laughs> everything, like the type of vest, your panels, um, what kind of carriers you want. Matt, jealous of what you have now. Uh, he you know, he works in an office, so he's not wearing his vest a whole lot. So we've had uh, Kid, the streets Kid, of Spice. Kid Coger has uh, has been called a fake farmer, and I think you just called Matt a fake cop. <laughs> <laughs> Can we start over? <laughs> desk desk detective over there, man. All right, it's rough, rough. It's the way it's going to go. But I I was um, fortunate enough that not only did my vest work and save me. And they replaced it very quickly, and I was—I had some massive bruising. And at the time, I didn't know that both the um, doctors and the paramedics initially told me it was the spot was just black and then spread into bruising. And they said it's like a blood blister. And as it turns out, that is most paramedics and ER doctors see very little gunshot wounds that are vest saves. They see the actual right. penetration wounds. Right. What that is, the vest stops the penetration, but that energy still travels through is heat. So what that so is, is, it basically incinerates huh. your flesh right there so you've been burnt. Um, but the best company explained that to me later on. I happened to be, after they <clears throat> vetted everything, I got a call from Ed Hinchy with Safari Land. And um, he informed me that I was save number 2000 for Safari Land. And they gave us all expenses paid trip out to SHOT Show in Vegas uh, in January of this year. So Matt and I got to go. Safari Land paid for everything. It was a great time. They were super generous, um, and we'd never been to SHOT Show, and they won't pay to for us to go out every year, but <coughs> they will pay for us to get into SHOT Show every year if we want to go. Fantastic. That's really neat. Wow. That, so my truck was actually broken into because uh, where where you apprehended the man, he was – he it's was probably a, uh, 200 yards here. from the from the uh, from the studio north of Fear yeah. Avenue. So my truck was broken into just a couple months before that. So yeah, somebody well, somebody. <laughs> I had an old. It was a '92 Chevrolet, a big black truck. They 
slid open the back, the rear windshield window, and it got in there and unlocked the passenger side door, and um, but the driver's side door was already unlocked, like because I kept it unlocked. So but they went through the window they went, <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> and they, what did they get? There was nothing in there. So that was a lot of work then. They, yeah, they opened up the, the glove compartment, and they saw oil rags and some, like, you're approved for this credit card junk mail. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they ripped up the junk so they, mail. So they signed you up for a bunch of credit yeah, cards. They ripped up the junk mail for me and then took the rags. So they, they felt bad for you. They're like, I, I this guess. guy's got less than we do. <laughs> yeah. Let's help him out. <laughs> That's right. Let's give him a, just give him a hand trying to. Get get rid of this stuff. My identity hasn't been stolen yet. So well, we blame the same guy basically. Uh, yep. So the guy that uh, that was in the incident with Brandy, we just said you know she yeah. took care of Dakota's <laughs> Dakota's dude. Yep. It uh it it worked out very well for me both because my vest stopped the round. Obviously, without the vest, that would have been a huge issue for me. It, I would have taken a forty five yeah. through the chest. And Lex is the one who bought me enough time that I only took the one round. And that was that was plenty for me. I'm sure shot placement would have been different um, when he saw that I didn't go down. So um, it, Lex did his job. The vest did its job. And other than some colorful bruising for about a month, I came out pretty much unscathed wow, and went right afterwards. back to work. Yeah. So it was longer than a month. You had that bruising. Oh, yeah. For it to totally go away was probably – to totally go away was probably I don't think two months. Oh, at least. So like eight weeks. Yeah. So I would think that at that point you're going, is this ever going away? Am I, am I stuck with this forever? There's still some, uh, I'm guessing, from like the deep tissue damage. If I lean against something just right or something, I can still feel um, a little bit of tenderness. But yeah. the, the bruising and everything is all gone. I don't have any major pain. Yeah, because the amount of heat transferred I mean, almost instantaneously is just, it's great. See, I've never thought about the heat transfer. I've thought about the, so the, I've thought about the kinetic impact, uh, but I don't, I, it makes a lot of sense. You know, the, the fact that there, it would generate some thermal energy that would pass through there, but it's just, that's actually one of the things. um, Do they offer an air conditioned one now? (laughs) No, there are, there are looking into building a, like into the panels. Yeah. yeah, to, To keep that in because you have all that. Energy stopped by the ripping of the fibers, and it, the I'm telling you, the best companies. Like I've been a police officer for almost 19 years, and I never put the thought into what they put into it. It's unbelievable. They do a good job, and yeah. <clears throat> I mean, to stop a 45, I mean, just with it's almost inch. a half an inch. Yeah, not even that. No, it, I mean it's, it's almost a half nice. an inch in diameter. Correct. So it's it, four, it, point you know, four five, right? Traveling close to a thousand feet per second, and you know, from me to you. It was super interesting to listen to the guys at the vest company talk about all that goes into the layers and the developing and they're um, doing research now. Of course, everybody's always looking at thinner and lighter, but now they're looking at putting different stuff in there to help with the heat, um, to help reduce and burns. Does it just get really hot underneath there just like on a daily basis? Yes. I've wondered about that. Yes, it's ridiculously hot. I bet. Yeah. But you're glad you had it. Yes, very much so. All right. So you have been in the last six months to a year been working to bring a second canine to Newcastle Police. Yes. Where you've been actively doing fundraising. Yes. About we actually when the we had a new chief 
an assistant chief, actually the assistant chief rolled up to chief and the <coughs> then a new assistant chief come in. And when they came into office, we had talked about it. They really support the canines and the work they do. We had talked about it. And then about <coughs> roughly a month, month and a half ago, we formally started actually fundraising to add a second dog. Once upon a time, about 15 years ago, we had a three-dog unit. 2005, I think. Was- um, and as the dogs retired, different chiefs didn't feel they wanted to maintain that, so they let the dogs retire and didn't replace them. Right. And when Max, my original dog, passed away, uh, the, the chief then, Brad Catron, decided he, we, he wasn't going to add any, but he was going to replace Max, and that's when we got Lex. This administration has said we'd like to add, and so we started fundraising, and we hadn't been into the fundraising. I don't think we were even in it um, a whole month when Lex unexpectedly, um, he had a neurological issue that they think was um, a brain tumor or a mass pushing, and it was very unexpected, and we lost him very quickly, but he didn't suffer, which we were glad for, but we're left now raising money for two dogs and we've got until then we've got none. We have to rely on the sheriff's department so if our department needs a dog. Was was he having seizures and episodes? no? Um, about <coughs> about eight or nine days before we lost him, he had had um, what the vet described. The vet had a a more technical term, but kind of like a doggy bell's palsy. He had had a kind of a slacking in his face. He had started scratching at his at one ear. Yeah. Um, and they think that was when it first started and when he was losing feeling, it was bothering him, so he would scratch at it. Right, that makes sense. <clears throat> and then the face kind of just went slack, and he, it didn't affect his personality, his eating, his workability. But the, um, they said it's definitely neurological. It might rectify itself. It might stay like that. Um, or worst-case scenario, it could be some sort of um, tumor or growth. And the only way to determine that would be an MRI, which would be a – around $1,000, and the yeah. only thing it would tell us is, yes, it's a brain tumor. It doesn't fix it. You know, we can't right. do – we're not going to have brain surgery done on him. And about um, between a week and a week and a half later, uh, he started – he stumbled one evening. By the next morning, he started falling, and within about 24 hours, we knew we were going to have to have him euthanized. So I've never thought about this before, uh, but – so you, with Lex and the canines, you uh, you take them home every night. Sure, they're your they're your pet at at whenever you're not in the car with them. But so like with, whenever it comes to vet bills and things, uh, is that, wait a Matt, what, did this dog? You, you've made comments about Lex. Was he like a pet? As far as to me, yeah. He was oh, he was oh, less yeah. than friendly. The first dog you had was friendly. <laughs> yes, Max Le- was very friendly, very Lex social. Was no. Was not. For- now, with Matt, he was. He was around Matt. And Matt was a – previously, he was a handler. So he had a lot of experience with the dogs. Right. Um, so you were a handler too. With Matt, he was very much like a pet. He would it is come a in. tiny tinder circle that they're in. Like <laughs> – Beg food. Yeah. Roll over for belly rubs. Yeah. He, to me, he was a pet. Now, if somebody knocked on the door, that was – no. That was not happening, but – very, as far as in our house, so great I not dog. visited. Uh, Very small <laughs> circle of people that even actually petted him. Yeah. So do you, 
whenever you took them to the vet and things, does that come out of your pocket or is that the department? No, the department pays for the dogs themselves, the course we go through, the equipment package. That has all been paid for always in the past, has been paid for through donations. The food, the vet bills, um, our recertifications every year. Basically, once the dog is on, all the maintenance. Vehicle equipment. Yeah, the vehicle equipment, the special kennel that goes in there. The department pays for all of that. Okay. All right. I did, I'd never thought about that before. It's in, the dog belongs to the city. Right. Now, you know, it's just like any other piece of equipment. Now, when it comes to retire it or if the officer's leaving, it's a little different because now you have an attack dog where you can't just, like, give it to the next new guy. And be like, right, you go. right. But it's, the dog is, you know, is owned by the city, basically. And there was a, you know, whenever you were uh, telling, recounting your story, um, you mentioned that uh, they're trained to come off of an arm whenever officers get nearby. That's how and, I had not all dogs. Okay. That's how I had Lex trained. Yeah. I mean, my knowledge of police work comes from live PD. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I I mean, I've, I've been watching the show, and it seems like whenever those dogs get in the zone, it, they're in the zone. And I've always wondered how in the world they can – the handlers can just – they just walk up and it seems like the dog is just is done. Like they're like, okay, well, I did my job now, and That's, they're just happy and like, ready. In theory, it's kind of like sports. It's like when you watch the live PDs, like watching the NFL. There's so much work that goes in, like the hours that the canine handlers put in on their own time yeah. and on training, that to get all that set up. So when it is on TV or live, it looks so easy because all that other work's been done. Thousands of hours. Yeah. In the beginning, it's. And that's – we have a new handler selected to – he would have been the second dog. Um, hopefully we both get our dogs at the same time. But um, <coughs> that was something that in the um, interview process was stressed is how many hours go into it. And I was looking forward to having my experienced dog. He brings on a new dog. Having a we, little bit of time. Yeah, yeah, we get his dog experienced. Yeah. Then we – you know, I get a new dog, and now we're both going to have brand new dogs. And – um the level of frustration at the beginning, even as an experienced handler, you have to adjust to the new dog, learn how it works, learn his little quirks, train him, and start all over again just when you've got your dog in. You know, he was my Cadillac. He knew exactly what to do, mm-hmm. and now I have to start all over. Yeah. I, whenever I was in high school, I can, re- I can remember seeing you in the high school parking lot uh, playing with your dog. Was that yep. just a couple <laughs> years ago? <laughs> That was four years ago. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. that would have been Lex <laughs> picking on uh, picking on kids, sniffing around their tires, see if there's no. I, you were out there. I think you had a tennis ball or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I was the guy in the gold truck with a trailer and a lawnmower on the back. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they work for um, for all their drug work. That's their reward. They occasionally get treats, but um, like my first dog Max, he couldn't have cared less about treats. Yeah. Now. <laughs> Lex was very motivated by treats, but he did prefer his tennis ball over the treats. But that's yeah. what they work for as their reward is a tennis ball. Hmm. That's interesting. I didn't know you guys worked that way. The guy that we took, Daisy, my German Shepherd, too, whenever we were training her. By the way, as a stopgap, I will offer up Daisy right now to the Newcastle Police Department. <laughs> if you want a very thin uh, Daisy could uh, not German Shepherd. Be a police dog. <laughs> she is so terrified of everyone. Uh, but the guy that we took her to to do training. Uh, didn't didn't do treat training. Did uh, like a toy, 
and a, a toy and a choker collar, and that was that was the method. It, that's exactly how we start our dogs. A lot of people do it because you, you, labs and retrievers tend to put on a little weight. So yeah. when you do reward food, you yeah that makes sense. Yeah, you're adding more to it. Yes, I don't know. Wait, Daisy needs to put on some weight. You can still see her ribs. <sighs> All right. I think that people are saying they're hearing an odd oscillating noise. Um, Ninety percent sure that's the ceiling fan that's on high. It could be the ceiling fan. <laughs> yeah, it is toasty in here. Is yeah. it not normally on? Not typically. It's, it's not on that high. Okay. But it's a nineteen fourteen house, and the uh, the ductwork. But if is people not join that great, Patreon, maybe it's right. a baby doll head. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what they hear. That's what it is. That could yeah. be what it is. <laughs> that's so not, creepy. Not loud, but noticeable. Yeah. Uh, I can't. I don't. That's think the I can worst get rid of kind it. of sound. It's the most annoying. Okay. All right. So you guys are trying to raise then like uh twenty five thousand dollars, roughly, right? Twenty five to thirty thousand? Um, what's what's the plan? What the, not the plan, the the need. We'll start with that. Our our goal right now is about forty thousand. Forty thousand. <coughs> what we need um Is that gonna cover both dogs? That covers um the estimate we got. We're um doing some negotiating on what equi- I have some equipment that I have duplicates of, so the new handler won't have we won't have to purchase all of that. <clears throat> the <coughs> quote we got yesterday um, for it includes dog and the dogs trained, the six week course for the dog and the handler to go through where they learn to work together and they come out certified. Um, the housing for the handler to stay there, they stay up there all week. We'll come home on the weekends. We're you two hours away. Where you go? Um, we go to Von Lick Kennels. <laughs> Um, it's up just north of Peru, about oh. about two hours away. Um, it's one of the top law enforcement canine training facilities in the world, and it's only two hours away. Uh, it's where all of the dogs from our department have came from, and we've had phenomenal success with the dogs, the training. We go back up multiple times a year for certifications, for extra training. Um, they're always super helpful. If um, When I started Lex, I had some issues. We struggled with our tracking. That was the one thing we struggled with, they gave me all kinds of help. We tried, you know, all kinds of different things until we got him going. <coughs> um, I grab a water. You have water downstairs. Uh, I can't without moving the camera. Oh, well, we're trapped. Oh, it's okay. It's I've had the cough for like six weeks. Um, but we got the estimates from them yesterday, and we're going to go through and try to pair out some of the equipment that we know we have duplicates of to bring it down a little bit. But we're looking at around. Between sixteen and seventeen thousand dollars, and it pays for the dog, the dog's training, the um, handler course, the housing, and that includes an equipment package, which includes um, bite sleeve, water bowls, brushes. Which you some of that? The seventeen thousand dollars. I am in the wrong business. <laughs> I need to be training dogs. Well, whipping them it, into shape. It seems they really don't. expensive. <laughs> they come from Europe. I mean, they're they're expensive to get over here to the United States. They to come start from with. Europe. It, majority, like uh, when I had my canine, he he was straight out of uh, Holland, so from like uh, Germany or mine was well, from Holland. Holland. He was a Dutch Shepherd, but yeah, so he was a title dog. But I mean, the way it was explained to me, and, and Brandy could correct me if I'm wrong, is in some of those like Eastern European like uh, countries, it's a hobby. They tr- they train dogs like you know we you know it's a national pastime. Yeah, huh. so they'll get pu- they'll raise puppies, train them. Once they pass certain levels of, you know, certification, 
then they sell them to importers who bring them over to the U.S. and then they start back over the next dog. I mean, wow. they drive. That's they crazy. literally like throw in the in the hatch of your you know, like compact car and drive out for the weekend to the country and and train dogs. You just throw them in your like hmm. you know, back of your car. So that's that's a hobby. Yep, it's a hobby, and and they make money at it, and they just keep producing dogs. Huh. That's really cool. I never knew that. Yep. So that's, that's where some expense comes in because they're imported, and there's a lot of time put into them before they even show up here in the states. If we we could go, a lot of people will say, "Well, why don't you get a dog?" Just you know, there's German Shepherd breeders or <coughs> Belgian Malinois breeders in the United States. Why don't you get one from there? And it's certainly a possibility, but Europe produces the volume we need for the and not necessarily our department, but the kennels. And I can go up, and what we'll do is they will know. Now, they're very familiar with our department because we're up there a lot, but we'll tell them roughly what we want. Like, um, I don't, I personally don't want a long haired dog. I don't want to have all that grooming when I have to go through brush. Some guys will take a long haired, but I'll tell them, you know, I don't want a long haired dog. <clears throat> um, I, do, I don't want a very big dog because I'm not a very big person. I don't want to have to lift a hundred pound dog up. That makes we, sense. we did yeah. a track on a robbery that we, we tracked for over three and a half miles. And I put him over multiple six-foot fences, and then I have to climb. So I don't want to do a 100-pound dog like that. Yeah. So if we buy, like, a puppy in the States and raise it, and then at a year old, it doesn't work out. You've wasted a year. And the money. And where we go up here, we have a choice. They they narrow it down for us. We choose which one from that narrowing we want. And if in three months from now I'm not getting along with the dog or I don't like the way he works, we have a year to take him back and exchange him. And get something that we know works. And how many dogs is? I didn't go up there. How many dogs do they have at Don? Look, right. They now? can house. I think they can house somewhere around three hundred dogs at a time. Oh so wow! You, you yeah. have a lot of choices when you go walk in there. Huh. Now they obviously you don't have time to look at three hundred. They they pare it down because they have. You give them what you want, and then they they're like, yeah. Here, they, they come through this section. They have trainers that basically know those dogs. They've okay, trained yeah. them, and they say this is what you want, and they'll say, okay, these dogs I have fit into what you need i'm learning so much on tonight's podcast jeremiah this is insane (laughs) i know so all right so you guys are raising money through a big golf tournament that's coming up i saw that was announced a couple of yesterday or the day before we're having a golf tournament on june 30th that'll be a westwood country club so how do how much is that to play in what what do people do to put the team together four man teams it's four hundred dollars so 50 bucks 50 bucks a piece um, Jason Williams. That's not good math, is no. it? No, oh, that's two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars. I'm sorry. Four man teams. Two hundred dollars. Well, two hundred goes to the apartment. Two hundred goes to Brandy. <laughs> that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we're gonna go to Vegas next year. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Four men <laughs> or women teams, fifty bucks a piece or two hundred dollars for a team. And actually, um, I train a lot. Of course, having been the only dog for the city, I train a lot with the Henry County Sheriff's Department K9 team. And <clears throat> when he found out that um, Lex had passed away. Jason Williams is one of their canine handlers, and um, he works for the sheriff's department. He contacted me. He's organized several before, and he said, hey, I'll organize this for you because, of course, with all the different fundraisers, I'm really busy. And um, he is the one organizing everything, taking the sponsorships and all of that. So they're doing whole sponsors, um, entering teams, all of that. So that's coming up uh, really soon. June thirtieth. June thirtieth, the week the weekend of the uh, Henry County Four H Horse and Pony Speed Speed and Action Show. Uh oh, down a programming. Dana, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we might try to get involved somehow. Though. Guys are also attend, selling but... some some pretty sweet T shirts. If you go to ten seventy graphics dot com and then there's a look for NCPD K nine fundraiser. I bought one. Did you buy a T shirt? Not yet. 
Right, I bought one. Fifteen bucks, man. How can you pass up that deal? So that's, and the, I assume all of these, uh, all of these fundraisers are going back into uh, to help to help yes, offset this all cost. Of, all of the profits from the fundraisers, and they're all being organized. <coughs> we, our department, other than taking donations that people have sent, our department has not ran a specific fundraiser. All of the fundraisers we've done so far have been generously sponsored by. Um, we've had um, Taylor Reese did a paparazzi jewelry fundraiser for us, and she raised over $2,000 for us. Um, VRA, the range, are the ones who organized the T-shirt sales. They got with several different groups, and they're the ones, and they have um, taken all the responsibility for that, so we haven't had to do that. Um, Jason has organized the golf tournament. Um, the Crossroads Church is organizing a tenderloin fundraiser. I hear they have amazing hand-breaded tenderloin, so I'm really looking forward to that one. That's really cool. So you've had a bunch of different uh, community groups come together, yes, and trying to voluntarily. You know, we talk about this uh, as a libertarian podcast of volunteerism rather than using tax money because they they could easily say, "Hey, we're going to take low at money, public safety low at money, and buy yep. a couple of dogs and be done with it." But they're not. That's not the goal they're trying to use. They're trying to have people voluntarily yep. raise money for something that they that individuals yep. view as being important in the community. As as of right now, we're raising the money that way. Um, I haven't had anybody come and say for sure that we're getting any money from anywhere else other than the fundraisers. Um, it's it will be it's it has been quick right now. <clears throat> At the last count, we had a little over six thousand um, dollars, and although we've raised that relatively quickly, that's still a long ways off from our goal. Right. Um, yeah. So we want to see what we can do ourselves and get that going. Oh man! After this, you know you're going to have that boss hog liberty bump come in. The BHOL bump, absolutely. That's right. You know, I've been impressed. <laughs> There's been even outside the community donations. I mean, even outside the state. We had yeah. um, a couple from California that came. They both have retired from El Segundo, California Police Department. He was originally from here and moved out there when he was young. Came back here to visit a family member, and had seen it. Made contact with me, um, and they were actually. Um, Lex had not passed. They got their pictures taken, um, were very generous, left a donation, saw on Facebook where he had passed, and sent a second donation. That's awesome. Wow. So That's really neat. So what we will do from our side for people that are interested, uh, we will share the, the event. We, I think we already did share the, 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 the golf event mm -hmm. and then the, uh, the T-shirts. And then I think there's also ways just to make direct cash contributions as well. So if people are interested in, in doing something with the uh, – yeah, they just, can, just giving straight up they giving can, cash that's possible. They can take cash or mail a check to the Newcastle Police Department at 227 North Main Street, Newcastle, Indiana, 47362. And all they have to do is mark on the check Newcastle Police Department Canine Fund, and every penny of it goes directly into a separate fund that is kept for us. Very cool. All right. All right so let's talk on a larger scale of what I guess what Lex did and then what other police dogs can do, what their normal role is. Um, it depends on the specific dog. All of um, all of our dogs in the county right now are all narcotics dogs. Um, some are single purpose. That's all they do is drug detection. Um, you have the same thing. We don't currently have any explosive detection dogs working in our county, but um, many bigger departments have explosive detection dogs, and some of those are single purpose dogs, and that's all they do is um, sniff for explosives. And you'll also have um, what we call dual purpose dogs, which sniff for either explosives or narcotics, and also do tracking and handler protection. 
So okay. with Lex for you, he was a tracking dog for you. Yes, he was a dual purpose dog. He did narcotic detection, tracking, and handler protection. So what is a dog? How do you? How can you tell when a dog hits on a on a scent? Um, you spend six weeks learning to watch him, <laughs> and we look for what we call a change of behavior. Um, when he's sniffing along, you'll see him sniff, and a lot of times he'll be sniffing along, and then you'll see him like turn his head back. We call it a head throw because they'll literally go along and then throw their head back that way looking at it. Um, we teach our dogs are all, all of the dogs here are um, passive alert, which means they sit. Um, once upon a time, almost all the dogs were aggressive and they scratched, but of course that tears things up. Okay, yeah. what, I see him doing that on live PD all the time, scratching and going nuts. Yes, what, what our dog, all of our dogs in this county are passive alert, um, so they sniff and they get their taught to work. We call it two source, as close as they can get, or what they think is, as close as they can get to the source of the odor, and they will sit and stare. Um, that way they're not tearing things up. Um, sometimes they don't sit, sometimes they'll lay down. Really what you're looking for is that change of behavior. The head throw, the sniffing specifically, you know, if I place a hide on the bookshelf and he goes and he sniffs real hard and sticks his head in between books, sits down, that change of behavior is what we're looking uh, for. I mean, you you spend all, all your entire shift and then whenever you're at home with the dog, so you can, I'm, I'm, I assume that you can pretty well tell whenever their yes. behavior changes. So it's, I was just wondering if it was more of a, like you trained him on a specific action to to do yeah but you this I mean, you the sit the is sitting. the final behavior that's um and once you've worked with the dog for a little bit even if you miss the behavior like in the beginning when the dogs are young if you barely tap the leash they'll come away with you they'll think it's a correction yeah. but that's why where all those training hours come in the dog will actually lex would actually jerk me and go back and sit where he wanted to go if i got the leash too tight or anything when hmm. i first went through what i found real interesting was the change of behavior it was Obviously, they're attuned to odor is, you know, is way better than a human. But it's like when you're walking through the house and somebody's cooking and you don't smell it. And as you walk by, you smell your wife cooking mm-hmm. and you do that. You, whoa, yeah. that's exactly what the dog does. He, you, huh. You'll literally see the dog working, working, and then they will hit that odor that they're looking for. And they will literally throw their head back in the direction where that came from because they want to get to that source. They want to get to the strongest point of that odor. And the, they couldn't really care less about drugs or explosives or whatever it is they're hunting for. They've been taught from the beginning that when they find these odors, they get rewarded with their toy. Right. And so what he is looking for is, I want to find this because when I find this and point to it for mom, she produces my tennis ball. And mm-hmm. that's really what they care about is they want their tennis ball. And then you get so in tune to the fact that dogs sometimes are like kids and they try to cheat. And you know they're not. They're not on source. They're not on odor. They just want their tennis ball, and you just bring them along, and they'll come right with you. Like, oh, you caught me. Good good one. Let's go. Whenever I was, like, a freshman in high school, I remember some. there was a rumor going around that people could fool the drug dogs that went through the school by wrapping up their weed in dirty gym socks. Is that true? (laughs) No. (laughs) When we go to school. Or was I lied to all those years? You were lied to. The way it was explained to us is like a pizza. When, you know, where's your favorite pizza place? Uh. Thousand degree. Mouth okay. Summit. So when you get your pizza, it smells good, right? Yep. A dog is attuned to the fact that whatever you get on your pizza, whether it be mushrooms, you know, pepperoni, sausage, they can smell each individual ingredient. 
So oh, okay. you you can't mask that odor with other odor because they are actually picking out that particular source of whatever it so may be. The poor dog. So Not basically, only, he's he's just smelling the, the, the gym only, sock and what? Yes, well, the only person <laughs> the gym su- sock and the weed. <laughs> the only person <laughs> suffering was your friend who now has sweaty gym sock weed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's the same thing they try when they bring like when they're traveling with larger loads and they pack it in um, coffee beans, dryer sheets, dryer sheets, or hot any, sauce, anything, yeah, any other a whole odor. mess of dirty Correct. gym socks. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's a long trip from California. <laughs> so one of the things that I've I've wondered, um, which I've never I've never learned, I looked it up just for this episode. But whenever you initiate a search with the dog, so you you pull out the dog to initiate a search, do you first have to have a reasonable reasonable suspicion to do that, or can you like roll up on somebody? This guy looks like he's on meth. I'm going to pull out the on dog. a traffic stop. Yeah. Um. What the Supreme Court states is essentially it's a free air sniff. It's not considered a search as long as the use of the dog does not detain the person any longer than your average traffic stop. Okay. So if I stop your car and it's just me and I'm your average cop, I don't have a dog. I come up. I get your driver's license, your registration. I write you a ticket. I do whatever the normal is. If in there I stop that and use my dog. That is longer, even though it doesn't take very long. It is still longer than what is normal. However, if, it's like it's like McDonald's with the uh, average wait time. So right. the, the longer you are writing a ticket, normally <laughs> now you got time to get the dog out if you're real quick and efficient on the other side. So so if Matt is in Spiceland and he pulls somebody over and he can't say unless he you know there's this sense well there's, unless there's can, something outside of a routine say, traffic stop. I'm south. just gonna call Brandy. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Now if he's if, <laughs> And the good thing in the city is a lot of times we're close to each other. Right. So <clears throat> anytime they make a stop, I just go ahead and head that way. If they don't want me, fine. Um, I, you know, we drive by and check on each other anyhow. But if he makes a traffic stop, he's doing his license and stuff. I run the dog. It's all in the standard process of the traffic stop. So it's no problem for me to just go ahead and run the dog because it's not slowing anything down in any way. Because you're secondary. You're not the official, right. you're the initiating or if, officer. if I initiate the traffic stop, if there was a car like I stop and I think I want to run the dog, I would immediately call for a second officer and I have them run the license. They get on my computer, start to write the ticket, and I run the dog because everything's getting done in the same time frame. I just yep. basically have them secretary my stop. And a lot of things that some people don't know. And you see this a lot on live PD is whenever people get pulled over and their car reeks of weed, but they're like, you ain't got nothing on me. And they're like, nah, your car's getting searched. Probable cause. Yep. I, I didn't know that until I started watching that in there. And apparent and probable cause is smell. So. It's a distinct odor. I mean, it's, anybody yes. that's been around it knows. I just hit that's a skunk, man. I it just ran over a skunk. It seems very unfair to tourists <laughs> from Colorado passing through to Massachusetts who happen to roll through Henry County. How, yep. how many of those do you think there really are in jail? I, it's there's no telling. I don't know, but there's two. You're free to move about the country. Southwest <laughs> Airlines says it in their in their advertisements all the time. <laughs> you, can weed, you can bring your weed on Southwest Airlines. You can move any, You can move anywhere you want to in the country as long okay. as it's a within Colorado flight. Correct. <laughs> Stay in the street. I'm just saying we're we're arresting tourists. I, Is there? I'm just saying the, the if you really look into it, there's really not a lot of tourists that are arrested for I marijuana like, I mean, Feel like everybody's a tourist. Well, then I guess we're. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like uh, 
Do you have to follow uh, the laws in other states when you go there, or should we just be like, Indiana's laws, we're here? <clears throat> well, yeah. the fact that we have, we're have we backwaters Indiana and you can't buy a car on a Sunday or couldn't buy <laughs> beer on a Sunday until uh, until January. Ooh, or, but we can so you got now. your beer on Sunday. Now you're still, I still feel like there's a little <laughs> bit of whininess there. There is a little bit. You're free eight hours on a Sunday now. Do you, do you think a whole that... eight hours apart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think they want to sell cars on Sunday. I think the guy that sells cars wants a day off. Well, I, mean, I would think if, so, too. If that guy wants the day off, he can take the day off. You don't True. have to go. Nobody's, well, what, nobody's forcing you to operate. Think about the poor construction those. worker <laughs> that that is working six 12-hour days, and he just needs a new car. Now he's going to have to drive to Ohio to buy the car. Yep. True. On a Sunday. And then he all that money goes to Ohio. But he should before be in he was going to Ohio Sunday. anyway because he was getting his beer. Yeah, that's true. So, but now he can stay here and do that. Yeah, and now he his, and his medical weed. You have to yes. make one trip. Exactly. <laughs> Is that in Ohio too? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Every state around us has, well, has, we are has more freedom. Huh? Yeah, yeah, we're surrounded, more freedom. man. More freedom. <laughs> I'm, I'll bring it on. Bring it on. Freedom. <laughs> now, that All might right. help out with the jail, but that comes after in don't. Yeah, so. we got. In, yeah. what did, did you misspell that? Were you, no, I, extra actually, in there. So it if was you're on the uh, Patreon group, you can see Dakota yeah. wrote our. He wrote in dot, but it says in don't. Yeah, that was actually a typo at first, and I was like, Nah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I'm gonna keep that in well there. placed. Yeah. But, uh, so the in don't fiasco is uh, there was uh, there was uh, stories on Fox 59, Channel 13, uh, Channel 8, Channel 4, all ran stories. Was it Monday or Tuesday? Uh, Monday night. Monday, Monday night, night, yeah, because yeah. I showed up uh, our offices now just off of Broad Street, and Channel 8 was in front of our building. I thought we had a, a shooting over the weekend in the county, and I thought, oh, uh, that's true. And nobody, nothing, and then I watch the news that night, and they're all over. The mayor's there. So yeah. I have I has, have a suspicion, and I don't have any proof of this, but you know we're an internet podcast, so we can go with those sorts of things. <laughs> the city of Newcastle caught a lot of flack for not having the – grass mowed at the cemetery on Sunday, Mother's Day. Yep. That's true. The mayor was absolutely getting just beaten on on social media because they didn't get the grass cut. And then conveniently, Monday, the mayor was the hero because he was challenging the state over Indiana 3 not being paid, not being yep. repaired to his standards. Well, is it, now that we're on the case of collusion, I heard that Darren <laughs> Jacobs was at Tri Elementary yesterday, so make it that what you will. That sounds a lot like collusion to me. Darren Jacobs, Tri Elementary, no reason. There's probably going to be a wind farm there now. Man. <laughs> Boy, we are way off topic. <laughs> yep, we are, but um, we got on this path. You took us down this path. It's going to be a tinfoil time episode now. So, does Darren, does he have the sole licensing for wind farms? Is that how that works? Yeah, yeah. You, go to, him. you go to him, right? It's just him. Okay. Yeah, you just yeah. have to write him a big enough check, and then you can build whatever you want. <laughs> now, now I don't get to work at Spicing anymore. <laughs> Fired. Yep. Oh, sorry, Matt. Great job. I didn't think about that. He's a good guy. How okay. many people have you arrested for having chickens? Uh, it's, a, it's pretty confidential. You guys don't have the Freedom of Information Act. That we've got to keep that tight. I will. Uh, I will send a request in for all of Darren's official government emails with regarding chickens. Yep. It's a dollar a page. I'm sure though. that will be something to talk about the next yeah, meeting. It's a dollar a page if you want to go to the <laughs> registration office. I, I can Is only it? imagine. Yeah, I can only imagine how many how many people have emailed Darren about chickens over the years. Ah. Uh, Oh, as soon so, as I move to Spiceland, that's what I'm doing. I'm putting a, I'm putting right a big up? old chicken coop right in my front yard, man. Uh, and say, <laughs> says, come at me, Darren. That'll be me. I'll be there. Uh, Darren will Darren Darren slash Matt. Me on you. Darren will yeah. call Matt. 
You stole Kim Cronk's job, and yep. then we'll have the chicken fight oh, like, of 2019. Thanks. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, liked where him. Spice on his. I didn't grow up down there. I grew up in Moreland. It's a nice town. I really, it's really a nice town. Yeah, it really is pretty clean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've not spent that much time as a county deputy. You go to all the all the towns in the county, but you don't really have enough time because our you know we got what four hundred eighty square miles or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I've spent you know ten hours a week for weeks now down there. And it's, it's, if I did not live where I live, I I'd live down there. It's nice. Yeah, you make sure everybody's got their grass cut. Let's make sure we don't have those dandelions out of control this year. All right. So the yeah, dandelions are under insane. control. You're uh, making sure people aren't parking their their cars on the on the street for too long. No, they got to move them every thirty days or something. Twenty. Twenty. Man. State statutes. Man. Twenty days. Yeah. Putting the hammer down. Man, Dakota was out of compliance that's, that's, with that truck. That's your state reps came up with that. I was. I was way out of compliance with that truck. Brandy could have came here and towed <laughs> that thing. Could have been got, towed. I think I've towed one car since I've been there, and it's because it wasn't registered. Uh, yeah, the people just abandoned speedest. it on the street. They it was a rental house. They moved out, left their car, so it had to go. Yeah, huh. I probably belonged to a buy here pay here. <laughs> they could pick it, it up at Hopkins. Like, yep. Did they have had they hit a skunk since they left it there? No, 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 no skunk. So we started we started to touch on this thing. Yeah, we yeah. started to go on the end. Don't. So but, uh, they uh, there's a construction project 38 the broad, we call it Broad Street here in uh, in our town Newcastle the east west mm-hmm. road through town is Broad Street it's like Main Street but Main Street goes north and south and Main Street's not a state road Broad Street is yep um, it's been under reconstruction for a little over a year uh, parts of it were like little patch jobs and parts of the street were totally taken down to dirt and were re- replaced right they ran out of time last year couldn't pave it so. The state has come back through, and now they're doing the finishing touches. Yeah, the the for the Patreon supporters, whenever they go through the show notes, I put the WTHR in there because they showed more of an interview with uh, Mary York, and he must have called er, somebody must dude, have called every single. He uh, was Channel Eight had it. Channel, he was mad, but they were all had on it too, though. I mean, they all showed up. Yeah, yep. He was uh, he was on it, man. Because here's a direct quote that that I liked. It was a. Uh, the part that they patched, it's a patch job, and that is not acceptable. Love it. And that this is like as he's as he's standing shin deep in a pothole there next is, to a drain. There is video of him with his foot down the hole. Yep. And he's like, he's going around, and he's picking up giant chunks of concrete in the road. And he's like, what is this? This is, this is unacceptable. The part that, I, as an outsider, I'm not on that project, um, but if, if you're rehabbing your house and – the house isn't done, and it's still an active construction site. Does your wife come through and ask you why in the hell the house still looks like it's a mess? Because it's you're not, not married, but Matt, hundred <laughs> yes. percent, yeah. And, That's what and, happens. And We're not de- wait till you're yet. married. There's a deadline. If when it's, it's going to be done in November, it's done in November. It's you. Yeah. When the road is done, the road is done. But you should go really look at it because I drive up there every day. Our office is there. It doesn't. It doesn't look very good compared to no. like, you know, where they did three north to Muncie. That looks great. Yeah. They did a great job up there, but if you go down broad, where they, they where they put the curves and the road in, there's like lips everywhere. It just it just doesn't look like good finished work. No, well, it's not finished. I, I understand, but it was. But it was supposed they, to be finished they, in November. Yeah, what they were done places that like you're dealing with, those were finished. They had to come back and do the sidewalks and the crosswalks, but the roadway across like you know the 1300 block of broad, as far as they're concerned, they're done and it doesn't look good. So I, I am siding with the mayor on this There's one. an official process where the state will close out a job, and they'll do a final walkthrough, and until that's done, the job's not done, Okay, in my view. Right. So I feel like 
feel like it's a little bit opportunistic. Establishment Jair over here. I know. I'm siding with the state. Big government Jair. Here I'm defending one side of the government over the other. Sorry for picking sides. They contract out because they have, you know, people just doing all different things up there. So. Sounds like he has a special interest. I mean, this it's is like he's selling a rebar or something. I don't know. Yeah, there's a there, here's a secret. Not a lot of rebar in a paving job. <laughs> yeah, but the sidewalks and the curbs and the, we no, don't want that. We, don't we want, want that. real big jobs. That's you want that State Road Three North job. Uh, no, it doesn't have any rebar in it either. Really? No. What? There's, there's rebar. How are we bridges. building America? Yeah, and Zach Great brought up, Zach just brought up a good point in the live stream was that whenever whenever they decided to wait uh, until the spring to finish this. They just like left all the sidewalks graveled, uh, but they put <laughs> caution tape around it. So yeah, it's all maybe good. Uh, for the entire winter, it just looked like trash. Maybe it if did. they had agreed to let an asphalt plant come to this town, it would have been done faster. Well, maybe. and we want that or area to look good thing. because I mean that fourteen hundred plaza is coming, and that <laughs> we, right. that road has got to yeah. meet, meet that. Aaron standard. Dickens pit. My my bitter disappointment <laughs> in uh, in I, the, in the city of Newcastle is that I was told uh, multiple times that we were going to have sidewalks that went all the way down to Woodbrook on the south side of town along Main Street, and uh, they ran out of they were seventy thousand dollars short, and now they're going to stop at uh, Southview or again south. special interest. That's where he lives. Yeah, he doesn't care about the people in Newcastle. They were going to go to all I, the way to the south side of the city. I thought of Jeremiah today though because I was uptown and there was four city trucks. And they were scattered all along 14th Street, that little close section. I thought, he's finally got them to move, open this road. <laughs> and they were, it looked like they were getting ready to repair it. So I don't, maybe they are, but that's my first thought was he's put so much pressure on them, the caving. Yep, I, right. feel like, I feel like just some city officials need to go out there and be the heroes, Brandy. Just take the barricades down and open the street up. Well, and once 14th, 14th Street is open, broad, yeah. Brandy, once, once 14th Street is open, they can't put the barricades back until they're really working on it. But it's been months where it's just nothing's happened. I feel like City Councilman Dickin and City Councilman Walden could grab barricades and open the street up and be like, hey, we did it. I would absolutely Freedom. love to have 14th Street opened back up. I know. Brandy, I'm going to call Aaron after this, and me and you are going to ride down there with Aaron. You're going to throw the strobes on, <laughs> and we're just going to blast right through the barricades. Uh, I drove, so. Oh, okay. Matt. We'll that's, go home. That's, that's a county the thing. We, we can't get involved in city business. I know. That's go home why and pick up the other car. Towards Since you're involving the work vehicle, <laughs> I very much like that you've drafted Matt. <laughs> well, I, I involved the work vehicle because the uh, reinforced bumper True. Wouldn't, wouldn't create that much damage. So we oh, have I don't plan. have a push bumper. Neither one of us have any push bumpers Uh-oh. or anything. Okay. Well, I mean, well, I, I know he wouldn't need to they because that he's, plan. He's, a, he's a desk detective, as you said. But I figured you would need something something stout. Now I have just a regular bumper. All right. Man. That's, that's love. <laughs> she called you not a real cop. I heard it. I'll isolate the audio later, and you can play it for me. That's right. Put it on my phone. As soon as you call me, that's what you hear. Not a real cop. All right. All right. So the last uh, the last major topic we wanted to talk about. The jail. The jail. Boom. Uh, so we're raising private funds for the canines. Hmm? How many golf outings do you think it's going to take to repair the jail? Well, um, at about $1,000 a person, a 15-man team, I think in about <laughs> 10 years we'll have that bad boy, like, a foundation laid. Um, I don't go in the jail a lot because not being a real police officer, that's, you know, that's where they go. I, I stay over in the other building. But, you know, that it's... It's, it's yeah, but when Brandy <laughs> arrests people and takes them to the jail, don't you go over and check on her? No, no. Because she's no. a real cop. And no. She's no. I'm, I'm, I'm in my he's office for a He's in bed while I'm working. That's true. That Okay, so that's the other part of police work that I've always wondered about is how awkward the car ride back to the jail is. 
Um, actually, most of the time, it's a pretty civil conversation. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, what, you you can't do a lot of transports in yeah. yours. Yeah. You've got a dog. I have. Oh, in, you've got the SUV now. Yeah. In the what I have in the back, it's uh, we call it a one third, two thirds. Two thirds of it is the dog kennel, and the other one third is um, a passenger compartment where it's it's so all the dog's locked just like down in a cage, breathing on them. As they're um, riding to jail. There's a plexiglass dividing, but yes, he's usually or was staring at them on the <laughs> ride to jail. Yes. I for some reason I love that. I really do. That that just makes me a little bit happy. You just want to ride with a that. puppy. But yeah, most people um <laughs> you get the people that are unhappy and they're name calling Have or you threatening. Ever had anybody spit on you? Oh yeah, many. Uh uh-uh. I couldn't deal with that. No way. Not fun. You spit back. Nope. Eye for an eye. Nope. <laughs> spit Professional. Back. You just you just slam the brakes and the head. hit their head on the on the divider. He spit on me That's first. A, nope. Everybody, everybody but the very worst of the resistors get seat belted in. Hmm. Safety uh, first. Now I've seen him on live PD do the extra restraints and then the face mask. Mm-hmm. That looks intense. I would I don't, hate to be that guy. I don't have a hood, but above my visor, I have some of the uh, the little masks that, like, you pick at the hospital, the little white mask cl- clip behind the ears. Oh, yeah. I keep some of those above my visor. Probably a good idea. So if you want to spit it, then you can't go find the back. It makes it a little tougher. Yeah. Could go to jail? <laughs> I guess in June we'll find out. I guess they announced at the that Lowit meeting last week. Mm-hmm. They're going to finally the have their results of the study yeah, committee. They, they're expecting that study to be in. It must be one good study. It's taking a while. You know, it's a career job for the guy that's studying it. Yeah. Um, all right, so Dakota has some questions written on here, and I don't know who's supposed to answer these questions. Dakota, what's what? What, what are we going with this? All right, this is what I this is what I want to know. Um, do you think that 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 jail right now is salvageable as it sits? In your professional opinion, no. Or is it just really bad? Uh, I, I think that. The county is spending a lot of money right now to keep ahead of, keep up, because we understand there's criminals in there. There are bad people, but there are people, and we don't want them to suffer for the fact that, you know, you're in jail for whatever punishment or whatever it may, whatever it may be. But the, it's just worn out. The jail has just it's just like you know when you bought your house, and you know you have to rehab it. It's just worn out. So yeah. what do we do with them and while we're rehabbing the jail because it's it's pretty full. I didn't get the jail count today, but I, I mean, it, it's at capacity to the point we had to reopen. You know, at one point we were able to close, close the old work release center, and now they have inmates back over there to free up space in the jail. Right. So, you know, don't hold me to it because I'm not the one writing the check. I'm not the one at the end of the day they're going to ask, but it is, it's worn out. All right. I don't think I'm going to ask you about new taxes, whether you think we should raise the taxes because I'm not sure you have. I have no. I don't say think Darren that. has given you that much authority yet. He what, probably what, what raised taxes. Darren, what do you think Darren would say? Should we raise taxes? Oh, Darren would put like a sixty percent tax on us for a few years. Well, at do, least. Darren is our token socialist, so I think yeah. in Darren's perfect world, we all just work, and then the government gets all of the. You know, they own the means of production, and then they they get what we get. And oh, then we, we own all the means of production. Socialism. 
well, the, yeah, the, the world owns the means of production, yeah. and then and then we all just go to whatever job we're assigned, and then we are provided with our food and shelter and everything else. Yep, and the government that's will right. take care of us. But I know there that's, are no that's socialism. Yeah. There's no criminals in socialism. It's a perfect world, man. But I think there is a new tax available. But I think it's income tax again. Is that is that right? Yeah, it's a point one to point two percent county level income tax, strictly for yeah correct. House House Bill twelve sixty three. Uh, we've heard. Uh, I know Ken and Gray. Uh, advocated strongly for it on this show um fiscal conservative <laughs> uh but then uh what do you think about the shell building could we make that a jail are my dreams going to come true in i think the biggest thing is in jail construction is there's a pod system now they try to mm-hmm. not do the old static this is a block this is a block this is a block right so I'm not sure how the shell building stacks up. I know it's still sitting out there empty. I'm assuming it's a big yeah. empty blank space. But do you, they've tried to build that as a? Uh, it's a magnet. Indu- an industrial yeah. area. Is that where you want to put a jail? I'm saying, make the shell building the jail, and then after you get out of jail, there's all those industries around that you can go find to try to find a job at. Yeah, I think that's what they're looking for. Rehabilitation. Those, yes, I, I'm all for that, but <laughs> I don't. I don't know that the shell building fits the need. Like I said, I guess we're waiting for the study to see exactly what, because it's not just the jail, it's the whole criminal justice system itself. So yeah. Need some tweaks. Well, Yeah. Uh, I, we have 10 minutes left. I don't think we're going to get into <laughs> no, no. tweaking the criminal justice no. system. But yet. I think that's the whole goal is yep. all of it, not just the jail. On the jail issue, I've, I've watched, we've, we've talked about this an awful lot on this show, and I've, I've kind of figured out three things. One, every single county has the same problem. Because mm-hmm. all of the counties are being re- are responsible for housing people now that the state would have, and I think that's a problem. Yep. Uh, where we're track, we're we've got ninety two counties trying to solve the same problem. Which ninety one. Ni- well, I guess you have one that doesn't have that problem. Correct. We have one county that doesn't have a jail. Which Ohio? I think it's Ohio. Sure. Mm-hmm. They actually grow up with a county next. to Because them. Uh, Lane Siegman's been doing a good job of keeping those people. They've only got so, six thousand people. They're in the so small. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it would take up the whole county. Every county yeah. is struggling with this, and you're yes. looking at you know. There was a potential that uh, Hancock County to the uh, west of us was going to borrow $55 million, and it got turned down uh, by the taxpayers to, to build a new facility. My view, we need to put pressure back on the state and say we don't need to be warehousing these people here. Either You're here until you get sentenced, and then we could send you to a, a common state facility. That's the first part. Yep. Second part, we've got we, – we probably do need a new facility. I don't think anybody doubts that. We got a justice center that once it's paid for, or we can refinance the debt on the justice center. We can we can find a way to put together the cash to put together a new jail. Um, but raising taxes to do it, I think, is painful, especially after we I just think, did it for I, the, the. I don't think it's for painful. The I think it's just all lazy. started. Yeah, I think it's all started with the. the I obviously I own a property, so I pay property tax. I want right. to pay, pay as little as possible, but I think that the state did this sleight of hand thing where they, to get votes or to get you know, dust behind them said. We'll lower property taxes in for all 92 counties. We're going to come in and slash those prices, knowing the fact that that wasn't their funding source. That would be the equivalent of, you know, Henry County Council meeting next week and saying, we, I know how we can get more cars sold in Henry <coughs> County. We're going to lower sales tax to 5%. Right. We're going yeah. to take the money out of the state's pocket. Yeah. So, and then the state did the other thing with the, now you're going to house level sixes. And I think they've been able to close two of their facilities. Exactly. Which is great for them because it saves them money. And the and whole time they're just pushing it back on yeah. the county and not not helping them fund it. Right. Yeah. The, the, and then they want to put it on us as workers. I think it's an improvement that they've they restructured 
which is better for the you know for those that get convicted the Correct. the restructuring has been better for the individuals when you're when you're dealt, when you're dealing with a sentence but where we warehouse them until they're rehabilitated or until they're ready to be released that's the that's the rub and that's what's screwing over every one of these counties mm-hmm. um <clears throat> and they're all dealing with it you know it, literally you look at the map and you know Delaware County Fountain County Rush County Hancock County Marion County uh that's going to be a big one and us right here in Henry County so anyway I don't think it's a shell building, but I don't think uh, I don't think we need to go out and just raise raise taxes to solve the problem either. I think it's a, something that yeah. Senator Lysing and Senator uh, Representative Saunders can help us out with. Yeah, I think at some point something's going to come to a head, though, because yep. if you know they have to close down that jail up there, where do we take them? Well, we I, have the option of taking know, them out of county, I think, but I think it's pretty expensive. Though. I think the state, you know, they're doing so good with all their all Surplus. their facilities. Yeah, so we just we just make them close down the the geo prison. And then we take that over as the county jail. Well, I often wondered, this is just me thinking, is the state, they're housing state inmates out of jail, not in it. Right. So they do it, obviously, at a, a savings to the state, or they'd be housing them themselves. Right. So I don't know if there's some way we could work out something outside. Obviously, we can't house, there's a, there's always the issue with sentenced inmates, non-sentenced well, I be, inmates. Well, I believe that there that there is. The, no, um, the non-sentenced people, it makes sense for them to be in the county jail. Correct. Right. Once you're sentenced, there's... There is no reason in my mind that they have to be in the county jail, and other than the state saying that they need to be. Well, the state used to pay, too, if right. you had them. But now if they're level six or below, and nothing, they no. don't go anywhere. No, and there's see, no. I, I, I think that I remember talking to Clay Morgan, uh, county councilman, about this and about um, sending county-level uh, offenders and the jail overflowing and having to put them in the, in the state prison ran by GEO. And it was, it was a few thousand dollars per inmate that they could that they sent up there, so it wasn't the most economical right. solution. And, and I will tell you, I've been in the jail, and those, like we work out on the street. Yep. And you know we're we're more in the public. Those men and women that work in the jail, they do a great job. They don't have much to work with. I mean, they're working in some pretty rough conditions up there, and and they do a great job. They keep ahead of it. They keep that place up and going. They keep people, you know, keep us safe and. They do a really good job for what they're, what they're working with right now. They really do. Well, we're going to leave it at that for that uh, for the jail talk. We're at our final thoughts portion of the show. So I know Matt's Matt watches, so we're going to give him the first shot at final thoughts, and we'll we'll close with Brandy and Dakota. Do you got it? You bring anything for us? Anything cool you want to talk about, or anything you want to sell, pimp out? You want to get join Advocare or anything? <laughs> no, I just I'm just glad to be here. It's been you know I've been following the show since you guys started. Uh, it's pretty awesome to have a local show about local topics and uh, you know i just i appreciate you guys having us on well very good this has been fun we've talked about it for a long time yeah took uh a dog going and brandy getting shot for us to have you on but we finally she she made enough sacrifices that (laughs) i'm glad i can create a topic for you (laughs) that's enough that's my part that's all that's all you that's (laughs) all we're gonna let you do uh so one more time if people want to donate or get involved in the uh in in the replacement of the canine how Um, do they do it on Facebook, we've shared lots of fundraisers, the golf tournament on June 30th at Westwood Country Club, and the contact for that is Jason Williams with the Henry County Sheriff's Department. On June 2nd, uh, Crossroads Church is hosting a hand-breaded tenderloin fundraiser. Um, those are the two big ones that are coming up, and any cash donations can be either cash or check, can be taken or sent to the Newcastle Police Department, 227 North Main Street, Newcastle, Indiana. 
and the checks just need to be made out to Newcastle Police Department Canine Fund, and it all goes to us. Don't forget about the shirts. Oh, and the T-shirts. Yes, the T-shirt sales end the 20th. Sunday. Yep. All right, so just a couple days. If you're still listening. I got mine in time. Mine was 15 (laughs) bucks. That's all it cost me, and they're pretty nice. They're real nice. They did a good job. You can go down to VRA at the range down at 3 and 70, and they can take your order there or the links on Facebook, and you can pay for it with PayPal on there. And we yep. will uh, we'll share the link in our uh, show notes as well. So if you're looking at this in uh, in your podcast feed, we'll have the link right there. You can click on it right in, right in the right. Uh, right inside your iTunes. All right, Dakota. Final thoughts. Uh, I don't have a lot of final thoughts tonight. Uh, I hope that there's not a creepy doll that comes to haunt me. But Daisy seems like she's okay. She seems to just fine. This morning she was barking like I was. I got up and I was going to let them out. She stopped in Audrey's office. Um, before she was being let out, which is strange, and she just started barking like crazy. So I kind of got freaked out there for a minute, but I went in there, and there was just a balloon from graduation that was floating, and that's what she was scared of. So <laughs> no hauntings <laughs> You're yet. You're hoping. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, and follow me on uh, on Facebook um, if you want to see more things like the doll head, I guess. Or if, if, or if, if you don't, if you don't then that's, I understand that, too. But uh, I'm working on a website for the Libertarian Party of Henry County. Um, we're going to get that up there. Uh, we're going to start taking donations, have um, candidate profiles and things like that on there. It's going to be a really nice asset for us. And as always, do- uh, donate to us on Patreon. And we appreciate all the support. All right. <clears throat> so we're coming into the Indy 500. Uh-oh. Got just a couple weeks. This is this the shirt that you're wearing? Yeah, I'm wearing it. it this is a uh, Dan Weldon. He was the uh, 2005 and 2000. Get up on that. We're, we're 2005 and 2011 Indy 500 winner. He uh, he died in uh, in Las Vegas in the fall of 2011 in a race. Uh, but two time winner of the race. Cool dude. Met him a couple times. So the uh, it's my uh, it's a Panther racing shirt. He finished second for them in 09 and 2010, uh, driving that Panther car. Anyway, the uh, things I wanted to mention. The Indy 500 qualifying is this weekend. There's 35 cars for 33 spots. <clears throat> so I have two my, – my two drivers that I'm going to predict are going to miss the race are going to be Jay Howard and Max Chilton. Okay. So I'm, write, I'm write that down. down. Jay Howard and Max Chilton. Those are my two guesses as who doesn't make it. So when we're going to review this Tuesday on uh, on our show with uh, with Zach Burcham and Mike McCown. So, but what was the second name? Max Chilton in the – uh man, he was a Ganassi driver, but now it's a Carlin racing team. And then Jay Howard is the extra Schmidt Peterson. Is that car. George Carlin? No, he has a racing team. No, uh, George Carlin's no longer signing. All right, <laughs> and then I told you we were going to be doing trivia, so I've got two names for you. I I'm got not going to know either one. Of James Hinchcliffe and nope. Alex Rossi. I know the Rossi name. What what are what are those guys? Uh, I'm assuming racers, right? So that that's it. Do you, what do you know about them? I know nothing. All right. So J- James Hinchcliffe. I, see, I've got. I, I keep. I keep sending you videos and things to look at. I'm not. I don't watch a single one of them. I don't. You got to be prepared. No. You got like four days to crash course. We got 102 Indy 500s to get locked into your brain before we talk about them on Tuesday. Not gonna happen. Yeah. Zero interest. So Alex Alex Rossi won the Indy 500 two years ago. He won the hundredth running with the clutching coast. Well, that's that's that why was, I know that's what I posted today because I can re- remember that. Yeah. And then James Hinchcliffe, uh, we'll show you a video later too. But he he had a traumatic accident there a few years ago. Had a little piece of the car go through his leg. They saved his life at uh, at Methodist, 
And then the next year he came back to the race and uh, and and won a pole. So he started first that year. So we'll we'll show that video too in a minute. Uh, Zach Bertram is saying Zachary Clayman DeMello and James Davison are his two picks to miss the race. Uh, James Davison is a Foyt driver, and uh, Clayman DeMello is a uh, the last second addition for uh, for the Dale Coin team. Man, those are. T- those guys both are on teams that are really fast right now, but they're reasonable names. I think James Davison's going to be surprisingly good. Zachary Clayman DeMello, God only knows what's going to happen. All right, that's the end of me uh, for this one. I don't have any more Indy 500 talk. We have, we have two episodes next week. We, we have, need to get that out there. We have a secret possible show Saturday that may or may not happen. Mm-hmm. won't be a live stream, but you may have a surprise bonus episode in your feed. We're going to try the Tuesday, mobile station. Tuesday, we're going to have the uh, the show at 7 o'clock. Yep. Uh, with Mike McCown and, and Zach Bertram. And then we're going to have a Thursday episode with uh, with Councilman Clay and I think uh, Cade. I think, we penciled I th- Cade I think those are one. backwards. Tuesday Thir- is with Clay Morgan. No. Thursday. No. You got that flipped. You might want to talk with Councilman Clay Morgan. Really? Because I'm pretty sure he thinks this, that's where I heard it. Oh, from. he's on Tuesday the 24th. We'll check yeah. it later. That's Yeah. It's Tuesday the 24th. Thursday the 24th. Thursday the 24th. Yeah. All right. Whatever. We'll figure this out later. Two shows next week. Should be fun. We'll figure it out. We're going to have two shows somewhere. All right. Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network. And I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. And we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to WeAreLibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at WeAreLibertarians.com.